This is Marriage to the Max, episode number four. Hi, welcome to another episode of Marriage to the Max. I'm the host this week, Brett Hurst. And I'm Kelly Hurst. And we are both marriage educators and co-founders of Home Encouragement. And this podcast, we've designed to help you take your marriage to the next level. All we want to do is encourage you in your marriage relationship because we believe healthy marriage should be a front-burner conversation. So we're going to make it a front-burner conversation. Very good. In this episode, we'll be discussing 25 years of marriage, specifically our 25 years of marriage, even Mm -hmm. though we won't go into every one of them. (laughs) Uh, This is uh, our silver wedding anniversary year for Kelly and I, and uh, for Kelly and me, sorry. (laughs) Being marriage educators, we do a lot of teaching and presenting about the building blocks of a healthy marriage, and we're always trying to distill information from experts around the world of marriage education so that we can give that, give hopefully what's the best out there, uh, helpful tools and concepts to your marriage that you can easily apply. But today we thought we'd get a little more personal. Sorry, my voice is cracking. That's okay. Talk about what we have learned in our own marriage. I'm feeling for Clint. (laughs) All the stuff we've learned over the course of the last quarter of a century. <laughs> so I guess what we'll do is uh, we'll take turns uh, going back and forth. So maybe... Yeah, because you and I haven't even shared with each other what we're bringing to the table. So. Which is so suspenseful. I have my own lessons and you have your own Can't lessons. wait to hear what you... <laughs> we might overlap, actually. Well, we might have chosen the you same You never lessons. know. <laughs> All right. So what's your, uh, what's your first one? Well, I, as I was writing mine out, I realized I kind of go in five-year increments. For some reason, every five years or so, I have this epiphany of, you know, oh, we need to do this or we need to change course in this direction or whatever. And so I, had to, I had to go back <laughs> to like the very first year, which um, the first lesson I think I learned in our marriage is that, and I really credit you for this, because I think you were kind of the trailblazer on this between the two of us. Hey, I did something right. Yes, you did lots right. And that is that we decided very, very early on that divorce was not going to be an option. Hmm. And I know that's a really bold thing to say when you've been married less than a year. Right. Um, It's a bold thing to say no matter how long you've been married. But... um, I think where we were coming from was, you know, we were both adult kids of divorce, and there had been, um, you know, some divorce in our family tree. Quite a bit on my side. Yeah, and I think we both just had kind of a very – and I really, again, think you took the lead on this, that, you know, we were just going to end that legacy, Mm -hmm. and it was going to stop with us, and we were going to do everything we could to make sure that it did. And so, you know, the funny thing about deciding that divorce is not an option is that you have two different ways you can look at that. You can go, okay, divorce is not an option, so, oh my gosh, I am stuck with this person for the rest of my life, and I have no way out, you know, (laughs) miserable. (laughs) Or you've got the option of going, okay, divorce is not an option, so we are going to do 
our darndest to make this the best marriage we can possibly make it because we can't go anywhere. And let me guess, she chose the second one. We did choose the second one. <laughs> so that was my first real lesson, I think, that I, I remember latching onto very early on. That was in like year one. Well, I'm glad you latched onto it because you're <laughs> stuck with me. I guess the first thing I learned is um, that marriage isn't anything what I thought it would be. Expand. It's better. <laughs> it really is better. You know, I had this as a 16 or 17-year-old kid, a, let's say a very narrow scope, a very narrow perspective of what I thought uh, marriage was about. Didn't give it a whole lot of thought beyond just one particular facet of what Wh- I thought. Which I w- facet is that, Brad? Well, I'm just not going to give Please share. <laughs> but it did make me focus just very simply, I, you know, and I think a lot of teenage guys are like this. I, my goal is to marry the most beautiful woman in the world, which I <laughs> accomplished somehow. <laughs> Good I answer. I don't know if you were in a drunken stupor or what, <laughs> what, what, what made that uh, happen. But, um, but also just so many great things along the way, you know, surprises like – how important it was, I think your mom told you this, that you you need to marry somebody that you can laugh with. Yes. I had no idea what great advice that was. It's fantastic advice. Yeah. I mean, through all the fun times and not so fun times through our marriage, and also with raising kids yeah. who like to laugh too, Yes, uh, laughter has saved our family many, many times. Oh, definitely. I mean, I think your marriage and your family should be the funnest place on earth <laughs> that should Way be fun. yeah <laughs> sounds great great <laughs> little brady bunch reference here <laughs> yeah th- i think that's good advice because we the more like you said you know i mean there's fun times in life but then there's hard times too and you know to be able to laugh at yourself you know mm-hmm. to be able to just kind of poke fun at each other a little bit or in and, the case of our family the three of you laughing at me oh no that's not true oh, sorry. <laughs> no that's a great lesson yeah. To to um, realize that you got to laugh. So that's my number one. Okay. Well, my second one that I'm bringing to the conversation is this was around year five. And I only remember this because uh, our daughter was about two years old. But I remember really having a like a cognitive realization that marriage was going to take work. And I'm sure people told us that before we got married. I I just don't remember taking that in. Mm. I really and truly believed that, you know, you and I loved each other. We were best friends. Mm-hmm. You know, we were happy together. And it just had never occurred to me that we were going to have to actually work to move things forward, you let know, that guess. you have to build. Let, let, let me guess. Something I did hacked you off that Made you come to that realization. Well, that's actually – I'm not going to go into that right now because that's another podcast. But, um, oh, but, <laughs> but what we, we, we both kind of came to that realization mm-hmm. that we can't just kind of rest on our laurels of, oh, we get along great. We have fun together. We love each other. That's enough. Mm-hmm. You know, there really were, was some work that had to go into it. And I, it was around that time that I think we started – reading some marriage books here and there and just kind of, I remember that was also around the time that we started realizing that we needed to go out a little more and have some fun, date each other. Um, Allow ourselves to enjoy things. Yeah. And Uh so, um, you know, work in marriage is not always the funnest thing to do, but it's absolutely necessary. you got to build that relationship. Great. So marriage takes work, you're telling me. Yes, it does. 
need to but tattoo so that on it. my forehead. It's so worth it. <laughs> <laughs> my second one that I wrote down is, it's this, any bug, lizard, or dog poop that makes it into our house <laughs> is going to be my responsibility. <laughs> so just suck it up. Stop whining about it. Get it out of the house. There's no crying in marriage. Actually, there's that a whole... is one of your big <laughs> marriage lessons. Actually, there's a whole lot of crying in marriage. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> so, you do you want to expand on that at all, or that must I? <laughs> really speaks for itself. I, I think I'm basically I'm just saying you know there's all kinds of things that men and women need to do in marriage. Life's hard. Yeah, and there's just stuff that. You've got to do. Yeah, to, changing diapers and yeah, all that that's just right, stuff. Exactly. I mean, yeah, I get it. Okay. Well, okay, my next one is <clears throat> this was around year 10 that I recall really coming to the understanding that um, your issues were my issues mm-hmm. and my issues were your issues. And I know you kind of get that when you get married. I mean, obviously, you know you're sharing your lives. I really don't think most couples do get that. Yeah, but we – you know, just kind of experiencing some extended family stuff and, you know, kind of working through things like, you know, depression and job anxiety and all mm-hmm. this kind of stuff. I think there was a real part, a point in our marriage where we we had to learn to adopt one another's issues, mm-hmm. you know, because it's easy to kind of think, well, you know, she's struggling with depression. That's just really kind of her thing, right. you know, and I'll just support her in her thing. Right, right. But when you adopt that because you're one flesh, exactly, then it's a whole different way of dealing with things. You know, I could say, well, that's his family's situation. You know, his family's dealing with this. Well, your family's my family. That's right. You know, because we're one. Exactly. And so I think when you kind of um, absorb one another's mm-hmm. stuff mm-hmm. and you realize I, I'm responsible for working this out too, mm-hmm. it changes everything. I think it just. It, because then you're both dealing with something. You've got both of your minds together, right. working on something, bringing your energies to it. Well, and until you're married, technically, you're not one mm-hmm. like that. I mean, you may love each other very deeply mm-hmm. and not be married, but from a covenant point of view, with God being the center of the relationship and so forth, that oneness doesn't come until until you are actually married and then then it's, it's a whole nother world. You and are some one. Of it, yeah, and some of that is even sharing in the suffering of life, right. you know, uh, sadness, you know, and difficulties and stress. And so realizing that, I think, was really helpful for me. And since you brought up, sa- you know, sharing sadness even enhances your relationship together. Mm-hmm. You know, going through struggles enhances your relationship together. Mm-hmm. All that... Um, Walking through life as a team, as a as a one flesh entity, mm-hmm. you know, uh, changes everything. Mm-hmm. I agree. And you're listening to Marriage to the Max.
Welcome back to Marriage to the Max, and we are continuing our conversation, our brief skating through 25 <laughs> years of marriage, our marriage. As we said before the break, we're reminiscing about the lessons, uh, some of the lessons that we've learned through 25 years of marriage. Well, uh, my next one that I wrote down is marriage isn't about marrying the best fit for me that I can find. Hmm. You with me so far? Mm-hmm. Rather, it's about me, in fact, both of us, but it's about me becoming the best potential partner that I can be. Ah. So if I can flip that mindset, and this is the message I think we wish we could get to young dating couples or yeah. even young singles, mm-hmm. is stop looking for that mythical soulmate and instead start focusing on asking God to make you the best potential marriage partner that Mm -hmm. he can possibly uh, make you into, even if you haven't met Mr. Right or Miss Right yet. Right, to become that person that you're looking for even. Right. You know, to be be that person that you can offer to somebody else. When would you say in our marriage you started to get that, do you think? Last week. I don't know. <laughs> no, that's a that's a that's a great marriage lesson, I think. Yeah. And like you said, I I wish I wish we had gotten that sooner, but I definitely wish young couples starting out would kind of get that in their DNA before they move forward. And we've known couples that have gone immediately into marriage like right off their honeymoon and then gotten into some real serious strife, mm-hmm. you know, some big issue, even uh Terminal disease, uh, that's things that you would, ju- would just never cross your mind. Mm-hmm. And that puts a couple right into the throes of struggling together and so forth. And if you're already more f- further down the line of being the best person that you can be, then you have a lot to offer the marriage, mm-hmm. which is, again, that one is the two of you being together. And well, so and forth. I think in today's culture, marriage and relationships seems, seem to be so focused on what can I get out of this relationship? Mm-hmm. And very few people talk about what can I bring to the relationship? What can I give to my spouse? And I think we miss the point frequently that what I can bring to the relationship is actually going to be more satisfying to me mm-hmm. than what I get. If you're always looking for what you can get, I mean, that that gets old. That gets old, yeah. yeah but, if, but when you're looking for what you can bring to any kind of relationship, and that's your focus, I mean, that that is really satisfying in a deep way, I believe. Yeah, I agree. Well, my next uh, marriage lesson that that I learned around year 15, actually, was that that marriage needs to be reinvented and re-inspired at every season. And I remember this distinctly because I remember our kids were about 12 and 8 years old, and they they were getting older. They weren't quite teenagers yet, but they were, you know, kind of, they could kind of stay home by themselves for us to go around the corner and have a coffee or a bite to eat or something like that. They were pre-teenagers. They were pre-teenagers. And um, that was when I started to kind of learn that, okay, so what works in the first five years needs to kind of be tweaked for the next five years. And as your kids get older and things start changing, mm-hmm. what's been, it kind of goes back to that, we can't rest on our laurels thing. You know, mm-hmm. we just got to kind of up this every time, you know, step it up and work a little bit harder, change up some things, try some new 
you know, ideas and um, ask God for more help. Exactly. And yeah. so I kind of equate this to like your faith journey. You know, mm-hmm. we um, we have to just be re-inspired all the time. I think God's faithful to do that too. You know, He shows us new things in His Word, and mm, you definitely. know, kind of re renews us. And mm-hmm. I think marriage is the same way. Mm-hmm. It has to be renewed and fresh start. And you know, so I for me that was kind of. During that period of our marriage, that was a big thing for me. Well, it certainly goes. To shake things up a little bit. Right. Definitely goes hand in hand with what Paul tells us in Romans about needing to be transformed daily by the renewing of our, of our minds. Yeah. I mean, for me, it's about, you know, every 15 minutes I need that kind of transformation. So, yeah. Good stuff. <laughs> All right. Uh, the next one that I have is there are indeed reasons to make the bed. You know, when I was the age I was when I got married, I didn't really see the need. It's just going to get messed up again. So I have, and I know that this is part of your love language is acts Mm -hmm. of service. And you have specifically laid out that making the bed is going to be beneficial for me, Mm -hmm. which it has been. So I'm a bed-making fool. And yet the the rules keep changing on the bed-making because... You know, you get we tired. the bedding. That's right. The bedding. Yeah. It's, it's more than, it's like bedding for a chic. Pilimanjaro. Yeah. Tim Hawkins <laughs> says Mount Pilimanjaro. Um, so now we have a whole new system of white bedding. and Yeah, because you got to reinvent. Yeah. Well, See, ties in perfectly. I had just learned the old system. <laughs> but uh, Well, I will say I appreciate you making the bed. Yeah. Well, very much. You're welcome. Well, my last uh, marriage lesson that I brought to the table was, and I'm really speaking like year 25 this year. I've we are on the cusp of becoming empty nesters, and it is a total blast. <laughs> I mean, there's this bittersweet time, you, you know, when you I know we adore our kids. They're just the best in the world. We absolutely love hanging with them any minute we can. Yep. And so there's a bittersweetness to sending that youngest off, you know, but then we've been working on this marriage thing to fully appreciate this season. And so we're, it's so much fun. And I just want to encourage any couple who's getting close to that stage, or maybe you've even started the emptiness stage and you're going, oh my gosh, you know, who is this person I've been co-parenting with for the last, you know, 20, 25 years? Um, This can be the best stage of all. And, and I think if you keep investing and mm-hmm. keep doing the things working on that marriage even while you're raising little kids right have this as the end in mind you know because you know at some point you're going to get to where we are now right right and you don't want to have spent every drop of energy on your kids so that you don't have something rich to look forward to and and on those various stages of marriage yeah, every stage can be the best Mm-hmm. possible stage. And we do have conversations frequently with young couples who are going through having infants and toddlers and just they don't they don't get any sleep and it's mm-hmm. exhausting and two ships that pass in the night and all that kind of stuff. And every stage can be the best and every stage can be the worst mm-hmm. too. And every stage just frankly is going to have challenges. Yeah. So just anticipate that. I think one of the things that's helped us a lot is just that we have talked about that up front going, okay, where are we heading next? All right, we're about to have our first teenager, you know, God help us. You know, (laughs) every stage we've had some ramp up conversation to those stages, Mm -hmm. not that we'll ever be totally prepared or that we even have any idea what we're getting into, but at least we're kind of refocusing on what we 
can appreciate together and so right. forth. Okay, and my final one, and again, I could have gone all day. Indeed. My last one is, I couldn't do what I do if I wasn't married to Kelly. <laughs> In life, certainly, God is my strength, but Kelly is my cheerleader. And you were a cheerleader. <laughs> And it's still staggering to me that someone far more talented than I am spends so much time telling me that I'm the best person or husband or pastor or friend or mentor, and you certainly bail me out of things left and right. (laughs) I would not do a podcast without you. You're the one who... You're the talent. I'm the bumbling stutterer, <laughs> That's dude. That's <not> true. <laughs> and somehow we make it through these things. Uh, and I did marry the most beautiful woman I could find. But what's amazing is that you get more and more beautiful to me every year, both inside and, and out. So I can't wait for the next 25 years of well, marriage. Well, that is very sweet, and you're going to make me cry. <laughs> well, that was... Well, maybe that was my intention. (laughs) Well, if you'd like to contact us, you can find us at marriagetothemax.org. And you can also check out homeencouragement.org and email us at thehursts, H-U-R-S-T-S, at homeencouragement.org. And also, uh, please follow us on Facebook and Twitter. And until next time, please remember this. Healthy marriage, healthy world. God bless y'all.